0: The Gold Coast Theatre Alliance promotes, engages and supports the diverse regional live performing arts community on the Gold Coast, Queensland and the Northern Rivers region on the New South Wales North Coast, Australia. So whether you're a local, interstate or international visitor and wanting to find out about the latest happenings and productions on the Gold Coast and Northern New South Wales creative arts scene, then visit www.goldcoasttheatre.com.au or click the link in the body of this podcast. This is a Drama Merchant audio production. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Radio Play Hour, a program that recreates old-time radio dramas along with new work. I am your host, the Drama Merchant, and we now bring you Act 2 of the Radio Play Hour's recreation of A Miracle on 34th Street, starring Barry Gibson as Chris Kringle, Naomi Mole as Doris Walker, Robert Quirk as Fred Gailey, and Bella Rose as Susan Walker. Business is booming at Macy's. Chris Kringle's popularity is growing by leaps and bounds. Doris Walker is still worried because she cannot dismiss the thought that Chris is slightly unbalanced. Now this seems logical to her because he obviously thinks he is Santa Claus. Fred Gaily, however, feels differently, and has brought the old gentleman home to dinner. Chris has dropped into Doris's
1: apartment to call on Susan. Hello. Hello. Thanks for inviting me to dinner.
2: It Was a great pleasure.
1: Susan, I'm going to try again. I want a chance to prove to you that there is a Santa Claus. Well, now there there must be something that you want for Christmas, hm? Something you haven't even told your mother about?
2: No, no, there isn't.
1: Oh, now, 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 now. Why don't you give me a chance, eh?
2: All right. I want a house for Christmas.
1: Oh, you mean a doll's house? No,
2: a real house. Hmm? And if you're really Santa Claus, you can get it for me. And if you can't, you're only a nice, old man with a white beard, like Mummy said.
1: No, 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 wait, wait a minute, Susie. Just because every child can't get his wish, well, that doesn't mean that there isn't a Santa Claus.
2: That's what I thought you'd say.
1: Yeah, but don't you see? Some children wish for things they couldn't possibly use, like, well, like a real locomotive or, or B-29.
2: But this isn't like a real locomotive or a B-29.
1: Well, it's awful big. What could you possibly do with a house?
2: Live in it with my mother.
1: But you've got this lovely apartment.
2: I don't think it's lovely. I want a backyard with a swing and a garden and lots of things growing in it. Oh. But I guess you can't get it, on
1: Hmm? Well, no, no. I didn't say that. It's a tall order, you know, Susie, but I'll do my best. Okay. Okay, Susie. Let's have some dinner now, shall we, huh? After that, I'll go to work on your problem.
3: Um, good morning, Ms. Sawyer. Oh, ah,
4: good morning, Mrs. Walker.
3: I would like to ask that you give Mr. Kringle our test.
4: If you will. Oh, yes. He's our Santa Claus, isn't he? And his name is Kringle. (laughs) How fascinating. How do you do, Mr. Kringle? How do you do? I must say, that's a very ingenious name to have chosen. It did get you the job,
1: didn't it? Or vice versa. What?
3: I'll leave you two. Will you call me later, Miss Sawyer? Of course.
4: Now, Mr Kringle. Yes? To start our little test, who was the first president of the United States? George Washington. How much is three times five?
1: Fifteen. How much did you say? Fifteen. You're rather facetious, aren't you, Mrs Sawyer? Do you get enough sleep? My personal habits are of no concern to you. Now,
4: how many fingers do you see?
1: Three. Oh, you bite your nails too. And that's often a sign of insecurity. Kringle, you will pay attention to
4: what I am saying or I...
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I I was just trying to help.
4: I did not call you in here to help me, Kringle. I called you in here to find out about you, and I am certainly finding out.
1: Did I answer the questions wrong, then?
4: I am asking the questions, you old screwball.
1: Oh, I don't believe Mrs Walker intended me to, to have this kind of examination. What? I have great respect for psychiatry and great contempt for muddlers. Who go around practising it.
4: Why, why,
1: are you. Are you a licensed psychiatrist?
4: That is none of your business.
1: I thought so, Miss Sawyer. You are a phony. Ha, ha,
4: ha, how? How dare you? Now, you leave this office immediately.
1: I shall, but before I do, you listen to this. Now, either you stop analysing, as you call it, I'm going to tell Mr. Macy that a contemptible, malicious fraud you are.
4: You get out of here before I throw you out.
1: Oh, I wouldn't try that.
4: Get out of here!
1: You won't listen to reason. You're heartless. You have no humanity. Are
4: you going to leave?
1: Yes. There's only one way to handle your kind. My cane, if you please. Thank you. Good day, Mrs. Sawyer. Hello, Chris. Hello, Fred. Why did you do it? Well, she deserved it.
5: Oh, why you did it here at Bellevue? I don't understand it.
1: Oh, that examination? Yes, I failed it. Deliberately? Yes. But why? Why? Well, because, Fred, the last few days I've had great hopes. I had a feeling that people were beginning to believe, especially Doris. And you know what happened? It was Doris who had me brought here to Bellevue. Chris,
5: let me tell you something. Doris hasn't really believed in anything for years... You can't expect her
1: to suddenly... But it's not... not just Doris. Now, this Mrs Sawyer, she's contemptible, selfish, deceitful, vicious, and yet she's out there and I'm in here. Now, what makes her normal? Because she conforms to a pattern? Because she thinks and acts like the great majority? So we've got a world full of Sawyers, and if that's normal, I don't want it. No. That's why I answered the questions incorrectly.
5: But, Chris, you can't just think of yourself. What happens to you matters to a lot of other people. People like me who believe in what you stand for. And people like Susan who are just beginning to. Huh? You can't quit. You can't let them down.
1: No. No. I didn't think about Susan. I... No. You're right. Fred, quite right. How do we get out of here?
5: It's not going to be easy. Well, you've got to get me out. Alright, Chris. I'll do my best
1: oh and and while you're doing it Fred work on something else for me too
5: your case is going to be a full-time job all by itself
1: yes but uh, you you're rather fond of Doris Walker aren't you
5: <sighs>
1: I'm deeply in love with her mm. oh and uh, one more thing what do you like do you like living in Manhattan
5: it's all right I suppose of course someday I'd like to get a house out on Long Island not a big place. Just one of those junior partner deals around...
1: Hmm, yes. I know the kind you mean. Why? Why what? Well, why did you ask that? Oh, I don't know, Fred. It just seems to me that as soon as Christmas is over every year, I get good and sick of the city too.
0: So with Christmas right upon us, Chris Kringle is in Bellevue, with the competent authority of psychiatrics judging him insane. At any moment, papers of commitment will be put through the New York courts, which will keep Chris committed permanently. Fred Gailey has managed to file his claim for a formal hearing.
6: In the matter of Chris Kringle, Your Honour, the commitment papers are before you. If, Your Honour, please, I should like to call the first witness. Proceed,
7: Mr. Mara. Mr. Kringle, will you take the sand? Good morning, Your Honour. Good morning. Uh, Before you begin, Mr. Mara, I'd like to explain to the witness that this is a hearing, not a trial. Mm. Uh, Mr. Kringle, you do not have to answer any questions against your wishes or even testify at all. We have no objection, Your Honour.
1: Oh, I'd be glad to answer any questions, if I can.
7: What is your name? Chris kringle where do you
1: live well that's what this hearing is very sound answer mr kringle thank you your honor do you believe that you are santa claus well of course
7: the state dress your honor well mr gailey do you wish to cross-examine the witness i believe he was employed to play santa claus perhaps he did not understand
1: the question oh i understood the question perfectly your honor
5: no further questions at this time. Well,
7: in view of this statement, do you still wish to put in a defence, young
1: man?
5: I do, Your Honour. I'm fully aware of my client's opinions. In fact, that's the entire case against him. All those complicated tests and reports boiled down to this Mr. Kringle is not sane because he believes himself to be Santa Claus. Entirely
7: logical and reasonable assumption, I'm afraid.
5: Well, it would be if the clerk here, or Mr. Mara, or I, ...believed that we were Santa Claus. Anyone who thinks he's Santa Claus is not sane. Not necessarily. For example, Your Honour, you believe yourself to be Judge Harper... ...and nobody questions your sanity, Your Honour, because you are Judge Harper. I know all about myself, young man. Mr Kringle is the subject of this hearing. Yes, Your Honour. And if he is the person he believes himself to be, just as you are, then he is just as sane. Well, granted, but he isn't. Oh, but he is, Your Honour. Is what? I intend to prove that Mr. Kringle is Santa
1: Claus.
5: (laughs) Doris?
3: Well, hello. Oh,
5: I'm glad you're home.
3: I read the paper, Fred. You're not serious about this. Of course I am. But you can't possibly prove that he's Santa Claus. Well, why not?
5: He made Macy and Gimble shake hands, didn't he? That was impossible. But it happened.
3: I'd like to know what your firm thinks about this.
5: They are saying that I'm jeopardising the prestige and dignity of an old established law firm and either I drop this impossible case immediately or they will drop me.
3: Well, I guess that's that.
5: Yep, they left me no choice. So I quit.
3: Fred! You didn't!
5: Of course I did. I can't let Chris down. He needs me. And all the rest of us need him.
3: Look, darling. I love Chris too. He's a kind, wonderful old man, and I admire you for wanting to help him. But you've got to be practical. You can't throw away your career away because of sentiment.
5: (sighs) Darling, one experience doesn't make a life. You've got to have faith. Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. And I guess these last few years, you've developed too much common sense.
3: And yet, with all my common sense, I was just beginning to think it would work out for us.
5: So was I. But uh, can I help you with the tree?
3: Thanks. I can do it.
5: Well, good night. Good night. May I examine my witness, Your Honour? Proceed, Mr. Gailey. Thank you. What is your name, sir? R.H. Macy. Mr. Macy, if you recognise the gentleman seated over there... Will you please tell us who it is? Uh, Chris Kringle. Your employee, is he not? Yes. Do you believe him to be truthful? Yes. Do you believe him to be of sound mind?
6: I certainly do. Mr Macy, you're under oath. Do you really believe this man is Santa Claus? Well,
7: he gives every indication.
6: I ask you, Mr Macy, do you believe that this man is Santa Claus? I do. That is all. Your Honour. I object to this testimony. It's ridiculous, irrelevant, and immaterial. Mr. Gailey is making a circus out of this court. There is no such person as Santa Claus, and everybody knows it. Your Honor, I demand an immediate ruling from the court. Is there, or is there not, a Santa
7: Claus? The, uh, uh, the, the court will take a short recess to consider the matter. Hello, hello, darling. Have you been listening to the broadcast of the trial? Yes, I'm in my chambers. Oh, I've I've, I've never been in such a dilemma. Why? Well, listen, if I go back in there and, and, and rule that there is no Santa Claus, we'd both better start looking for that chicken farm right now. No, I, I won't even get into the primaries. What? Oh, stop. Listen to the reason. I'm a, I'm a responsible judge and I have taken an oath... How can I seriously rule that there is a Santa Claus? What will happen? Well, I'll tell you. I rule there's no Santa Claus. The kids read about it. They don't hang up their stockings. So what happens to all the toys that were supposed to be uh, put in the stockings? Nobody buys them. And you think the toy manufacturers are going to like that? So if they lay off a lot of employees, union employees. Now you've got the CIO and the AF and the AFL against you. And the department stores are going to love you too. And the Christmas card makers and the candy companies. Oh, honey, listen. As sure as you're my wife, if I if I do this, I can count on getting just exactly three votes at the next election. Our own and that district attorney Mara's out there. Oh, and I just happened to remember that Mara's a Republican. Well, recess is over, sweetheart. Career too, maybe. I'll call you later.
1: Uh, uh, before making a ruling this
7: court uh, has consulted the highest authority available the question of santa claus seems to be largely a matter of opinion many people firmly believe in him and others do not american justice demands a broad and unprejudiced view of such controversial matter this court therefore uh uh, intends to keep an open mind We shall hear the evidence on either side Your Honour The burden of
6: proof for this ridiculous contention Clearly rests with my opponent Can he produce any evidence to support his views? Mr. Court, please May
5: my client take over for me? Well, uh, yes, yes, of course
1: Well, will uh, will Thomas Mara please take the stand? Who? Me? No, 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 Mr. Mara Thomas Mara, Junior. Yeah, hey. Now, Tommy, now, you know the difference between telling the truth and telling a lie, don't you?
2: Gosh, everybody knows you shouldn't tell a lie, especially in court.
1: Tell me, do you, um, do you believe in Santa Claus, Tommy?
2: Sure I do. He gave me a brand new sled last year. And this year, I wrote him that I wanted a...
1: And what did he look like? You. I object. Oh, uh, tell me, Tommy, why are you so sure there is a Santa Claus?
4: Because my daddy told me so, didn't you, daddy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and you, uh, you believe your daddy, don't you? Don't you, Tommy? Huh? He's a very honest man.
2: Of course he is. My daddy wouldn't tell me anything that wasn't so, would you, daddy?
1: <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, that's all.
6: Your, uh... <clears throat> Your Honour, the state of New York concedes the existence of Santa Claus, but it's so conceding we ask of Mr. Gailey and his client to cease presenting personal opinion as evidence. Now, the state could bring in hundreds of witnesses with opposite opinions, but it's our desire to shorten the hearing rather than prolong it. I therefore demand that Mr. Gailey now submit authoritative proof that Mr. Kringle is the one and only
7: Santa Claus. Your point is well taken, Mr. Morrow. I'm afraid I must agree, Mr. Gailey. Are you prepared to show that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus on the basis of competent authority? Um,
5: not at this time, Your Honor. I ask for an adjournment until tomorrow. Morning, Chris.
1: Morning, friends.
5: I'm afraid it's bad news, Chris. Oh? I've tried every way to get some competent authority. I wired the governor, the mayor...
1: Um, never mind, Fred. Now this letter means more to me than all the governors and mayors of this world. Who's it from? You read it. There's no
5: time now. They're ready to start.
1: Well, let me read just a bit of it. All right, go ahead. Well, listen, listen, Fred. And I want you to know, Mr Kringle, that I believe all you've told me and everything will turn out fine. I hope you are not sad. Yours truly, Susan. Oh, uh, uh, P.S. Dear Mr. Kringle, I believe in you too, Doris. Here, take a look at the envelope. Why? Well, see how it's addressed?
5: Here, let me look at that. Here. Chris Kringle, New York County Courthouse, Centre and Pearl Streets, New York City.
1: Yes, yes, and I have two other letters from children here, Fred. They're just addressed to Santa Claus, but I got them.
5: Are you ready, Mr. Morrow? Yes, Your Honour. Mr. Gailey? My client will speak for himself, Your Honour. I'm going
1: to make a quick phone call, Chris. Go ahead, son. I've got an interesting book here.
6: Your Honour, the defence has yet to bring in one concrete piece of evidence to substantiate this preposterous claim. Not one competent, authoritative proof that this man is Santa Claus. In view of these facts... And especially since today is Christmas Eve and we're all anxious to get to our homes, I ask that you sign the commitment papers without further delay.
7: Uh, 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 Mr. Kringle, uh, haven't you anything to offer?
1: Yes, yes, I, I have, Your Honour. I should like to submit some facts in evidence. They concern the Post Office Department, an official agency of the United States Government. The Post Office Department is one of the largest business concerns in the world. Your Honour, I'm sure we're
6: all gratified to know that the Post Office Department is doing so nicely, but it has hardly got any bearing on the case.
1: It may have a great deal, Your Honour. May I proceed? Yes,
7: yes, by all means, Mr Kringle. Well now,
1: according to this book of regulations in my hand, the United States Postal Laws make it a criminal offence to willfully misdirect mail or intentionally deliver it to the wrong party. Consequently, the department uses every possible precaution. Your
6: Honour, the state of New York is second to none in its admiration of the post office department. We're happy to concede all of Mr. Kringle's claims. For the record? Yes, for the record. Anything to get
1: on with this case. Then may I introduce these two letters as evidence, Your Honour? They are simply addressed to Santa Claus. No other address whatsoever. Yet they were delivered to me by bona fide employees of the post office. Now, could this be considered positive proof?
6: Two letters, Your Honour, are hardly positive proof. I understand the post office receives thousands of such letters every year. That is true, Mr. Mara. If I may
5: interrupt, Your Honor, I should like to say that I have other exhibits but I hesitate to produce them.
6: We'd all like to see them, I'm sure.
1: Did I get some more mail, Fred? Just watch. Oh.
5: I apologise, Your Honor, for the staggering amount of evidence necessary, but you will notice being wheeled down the aisle nine truckloads of mail. Every letter on these trucks is addressed to Santa Claus. The post office department has delivered them. The post office is a branch of the federal government. Therefore, the United States government recognizes this man, Chris Kringle, as the one and only Santa Claus.
7: Yes, uh, since the United States of America believes that this man to be Santa Claus, this court will not dispute it. Case uh, dismissed.
1: I got your note, Doris. In court. Made me very happy.
3: I'm glad, Chris. Hmm? It's making our Christmas very happy to have you with us. I didn't get my present. But darling, you have loads
2: of presents. Not the one I wanted. Not the one Mr Kringle was going to get for me.
1: Well, I tried my best, Susie, but um... You couldn't
2: get it because you're not Santa Claus. Just a nice
3: old man with whiskers, like Mother said, and I shouldn't have believed you. I was wrong when I told you that, darling. You must believe in Mr Kringle and keep right on doing it. You must have faith in him. But mummy, he didn't get me the... It doesn't make sense. Faith, darling, is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. I mean, just because things don't turn out the way you want them to the first time, you've still got to believe in people. I found that out. Come in.
5: Merry Christmas everybody!
1: Merry Christmas.
5: Anybody notice they didn't get any presents from me? I did. Yes, I'll bet you did. And I'll bet your mother did too, only she's too polite to mention it. Well, I've got two presents. One, Doris, is a little special, and it's just for you. It's very tiny, it's in a very tiny plush box. It's very round and filled with a lot of love.
1: (laughs) You want me to leave?
5: Stay right where you are, Chris.
1: All right, all right, I I like it here.
5: I've got another present. Where is it? It's in my pocket on a piece of paper. It's called an option.
2: Well, what's an option?
5: Something means that nobody else can buy this present unless I don't want it. Do you want it? I want it, if you and your mummy want it as much as I do. Look, Susan, here's a picture of it. It's a house. Oh.
2: It's my house, mummy. It's my house. The very house I asked Mr Kringle for.
1: You asked Mr Kringle for this house? Susie, isn't it wonderful to believe again?
2: Oh, I do, Mr Kringle. I do, I do.
3: So do I, Chris.
1: And that's the happiest Christmas that you could possibly give me. I believe too, Chris. You know that. Tell me something. Oh, anything, Fred. Who are you? Me. Why, I'm Chris Kringle. Bye.
5: Bye. <laughs>
7: You have just heard our final episode of the Radio Play Hours recreation of A Miracle on 34th Street. Our vocal cast consisted of Barry Gibson as Chris Kringle, Robert Quirk as Fred Gailey, Naomi Mole as Doris Walker, Bella Rose as Susan Walker, Peter Schultz as Miss Shellhammer, Megan Seymour-Smith as Sawyer and District Attorney Mara, Lisa Rose as the Mother, Charlotte Seymour Smith as our unfriendly drunk and little boy Peter, and department store owner Macy, and the judge was Nathan Schultz.
0: If you enjoyed these episodes of the Radio Play Hours of Miracle on 34th Street, why not leave us a review on our Facebook page, thedramamerchant.com.au? Or perhaps join The Drama Merchant by subscribing. Visit www.thedramamerchant.com.au This is a Drama Merchant audio production.